program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest and friend, Heike. And it ends with an E, but it's hike. You said to hike us. I like that. I like that a lot. So when people are listening to this, when I call you Heike, if I ever mess up, they'll be like, it's with an A. It's with (laughs) an A. And you are originally from Germany. Correct. You know, and you have the the accent. Everyone's going to be like, Lita stop talking so we can hear Heike's accent, you know? Um, how long have you lived here? Uh, 18 years now. 18 years. Yes. And um, I presume you're around my age. I am, let's see, I'm like 41. <laughs> 41, so I'm a little older than you. And you had posted about the your memories of the Berlin Wall coming down. Right. And to you know like i remember my parents talking about remembering the jfk assassination which happened um a little bit before i was born um 65 uh whoever's remembering is going to be yelling at the radio no it's this (laughs) but anyway it happened a little bit before i was born and i was born in 73 and that being such a um you know huge event in in american politics at least And when I start thinking over the events of life, you know, I think of like the Columbine shooting, uh, obviously 9-11, but the Berlin Wall coming down is something that I feel like impacted the whole entire world. Correct. And so you and I both grew up in a time where the Cold War was um, different than it is now, because I don't think it's totally ended. Um, but I remember thinking that the the Russians and thus communism was going to bomb us with atomic bombs and we were going to die. And they had us practicing going underneath our desk, yeah. which, hello, that wouldn't have helped. But because we had a still um, Geneva still, you know, which was, you know, manufacturing of still and I, you know, we just knew that they were going to bomb Geneva still, yeah. <laughs> which I don't think Geneva still is, is on the, the, the Russian, um, but there was a real palatable fear of communism yeah. and um, what it would, what that would mean. And we remember seeing the lines of bread lines, people waiting in line for food. So um Sometimes, you know, we were just talking before we got on that sometimes I'm talking to people and I want to be like, your inability to remember history makes our conversation impossible because I just, I can't, there are certain things that we just need to remember. Correct. And, and, you know, recent life that's 9-11 and, you know, not to ever be rationally rationale for hating other people, but understanding um, and, you know, comparing the Capitol riots to 
makes my blood boil. Yes. I am like thousands of people, you know, 3000 people died and one person was shot in the Capitol riots, you know, completely different. And so it just seems like we're getting is hyperbole the right word that we're exaggerating things. And I, I, when I saw this post, it was so beautiful, so profound about an event that I think people should remember that yeah. should be something like 9-11. Um, so I'm, I'm going to let you kind of share a little bit about the post and um, the Berlin Wall, because just it, it gave me all the tingles and feels. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I hope I remember I, everything that I said in there. Um, I, I posted about it just because we just recently had the anniversary of the wall coming down. And um, I posted about it just because if you go through even the pictures that I posted, um, what people don't understand is that on the wall itself, um, there was the American flag because it was standing for freedom and freedom was written on there. And And this um, is all individuals on the Western side that have decorated it with affirmation affirmation type hopes on the Western side, but on the Eastern side, they would have been shot if they would have gotten even close to the wall itself. Right. So and I just wanted to on, make that clear. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. you so know, the graffiti, graffiti was on the, yeah, the graffiti yeah. was on the, on the Western side. Um, yeah. On the, on the East side, they would have been shot if they would have gotten even close to the wall. Yeah. So you and, uh, think about freedom of speech. Yes. And um, when people talk about wanting to ban certain speech, I'm like, what, what do you, what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think as soon as you start banning any type of speech and it doesn't matter if it's, if it's something that you agree with or disagree with, but as soon as you start stopping speech and not being able to communicate, that's when we get into a system that is very similar to what East Germany had because you couldn't speak up. You couldn't say anything negative about the government. You couldn't say anything negative about the authorities. Um, And that's what I'm seeing right now happening a lot where you can't have a normal discourse. You can't have a normal conversation with someone before someone gets upset about something instead of sitting and listening. And I've been trying to get people to understand that if, if you can't have a normal discussion you're repeating history because if, if it's only one-sided, yeah, we'll, we'll have one side totally, you know, still, and the other one is the loud one. And it doesn't always mean that the loud one is right. Right. So. And, you know, it's interesting to think, like, when you think about the, the uh, you know, major conflict of World War II, you know, yes. the, the Jewish rights, yeah. that people really did believe that Jewish people were killing small children in yes. small rooms. They really did believe and feel completely justified in believing this stuff that we know to be completely crazy. Yes. But you hear the same kind of thing about like vaccine people. Now people, Correct. you know, their vaccine status and you're like, yes, just, just change the, um, you know, fill in the blank yeah. for 
you know, hating of, you know, a Slavic person or a Jewish yeah. person or, uh, you know, an Irish person. I mean, you know, Catholic yeah. people, I mean, it's funny, you know, a, a Mormon yeah. person. I mean, my family yeah. history experienced, um, you know, uh, an extermination order yeah. and people died. And that, you know, has ripples through my family culture of what if these people had lived, right? And yeah. then to think about, you know, 6 million people yes. being killed. And the thing is, we knew about it. Yeah. In America, we knew that people were being killed. We didn't know yeah. that they were being burned in ovens per se, because I read yeah. a whole book on this, but we knew yeah. that they were being exterminated. Yeah. And it was like, well, yeah, well, that yeah. subtle prejudice leads yeah. to allowing genocide. Yeah. See, I, when I grew up, um, I had teachers that were very invested in teaching us the red flags. Now you lived in East Germany or West in, Germany? in West Germany, okay. in West Germany, but I have family from East Germany. And so, um, which, you know, was the wall. Yeah, you didn't get to see that's, it. That's kind of the thing that it, it literally cuts it to the point where at one point, I mean, when the wall came up, it was literally overnight. Yeah, literally. And people didn't see, see their, their family anymore because they lived on the other side of the wall, which is literally just, you know, the next road over. That's right. how it used to be. You didn't see your family anymore. And, yeah, and this, there was no warning. In fact, yeah. prior to the wall going up, if I understand history correct, and please t correct me if I'm wrong, that they said they were all going to work together. So there was no warning that this was no. going to happen. No, no, it was literally done in the middle of the night. And the next morning, people looked outside their windows and they could still see because the it started up. It wasn't like finished just because it, it was a pretty right. tall wall. But but it started up in the middle of the night. And as soon as they started looking out the window in the morning, like I one of the pictures that I posted to it's it, it shows that even I mean, you know, we have documentation of all of it. And it's, it's, that's, that's what baffles me where I, you know, I'm seeing this and I'm, I'm looking at, at everything that is happening. And I don't understand how people are not seeing the parallels between what is happening right now and what happened back then, including even before World War II. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. one of the things that everything is, 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 in my opinion, repeating itself. Yeah like you were saying was was the jews it's one of the things that people don't understand is the jews were also considered in germany and again it's this is not what i consider but this is what the propaganda was that they were considered the disease mm -hmm. they were diseased and and just like you know it's yes the germans killed the jews and then they killed also anyone that was disabled anyone that wasn't considered pure um, you know, gay people. Um, exactly. My, exactly. my um, grandfather, his, he had two uncles that refused to fight for Germany. Yeah. And they were um, Lutheran, which would mm -hmm. have been, um, you know, considered very mainstream German, yeah. but they just felt like, you know, they couldn't do that. And they were yeah. drawn and cornered, meaning, yeah. you know, horse attached to the arm going one direction, another horse attached yeah. to the other arm going another direction and their legs some at the same and ripped yeah. apart in front yeah. of the, the village populace. Yeah. And uh, other people were like, you know, maybe we, we should fight, yeah. you know, maybe we, we will enlist. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, no, um, I. Yeah. And that's that. Like I said, those are the things where you know. And I agree with you with the whole unvaxxed and vaxxed. It's it's something where as soon as I just did another post on that too. As soon as you start looking at someone as a lesser person, it doesn't matter if it's color, if it if it's if it's unvaxxed or not vaxxed. Like if if your blood is different in the end, it doesn't matter. As soon um, as you start gender, looking, religion, sex, exactly, exactly. Anytime you other someone, yeah, you are exactly. in very very dangerous ground. Exactly. And again, throughout history, people have always felt justified. Yeah. And they, um, they always came up with the justification for it. And that's, and that's what I'm seeing right now too. It's, oh, it's for the greater good. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I've heard this before. Again, if you go back in history, <laughs> those are the things where I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but you can't, it, it doesn't matter what, you know, even if you're in fear, and I know that everything that is happening right now, it's, it's fear based. And a lot of people stop thinking based on, you know, if, if you're so if you're, if your brain is in a fear state, people stop thinking logically, but if they could take just to take, you know, take a step back and just look at it objectively and just just see that if they are thinking that anyone, it doesn't matter if it's political party, gender, uh, sexual orientation, race, anything, if they're seeing that they're thinking about someone else, a human being, because that's what we all are, if they're thinking about someone else as someone lesser than themselves, as someone mm -hmm. that shouldn't have certain rights, because that's what it comes down to on top of it, if they, if they shouldn't have certain rights, then they need to stop and think what is happening and change their way of thinking. Like that's, that's what you I got to have to work on us individually. And exactly. I, I have thought over the last um, couple of years, uh, is there ever an instance? And I, and I listen to history podcasts like crazy. Yes. Like yes, me too. Just like, <laughs> like I just consume them sometimes yeah. two or three in a day, you know, when I'm doing the dishes yeah. or, um, you know, doing busy work with my job, there is a history podcast going on in the background. Yeah. And I've listened to history from all over the world. Like I make a yeah. point to try to bounce around the world yeah. you know, from, you know, China to Nordic to right. Yeah. And I cannot think, and I keep asking myself, is there any circumstance where othering other people led to something good yep never and it never 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 yeah. and i would challenge someone to find a certain situation yeah. where othering people led to something good and i really do think the solution yeah. to the problem i'm a religious person is just to see as you said human being yeah. or that everyone's a child of god and it's because yeah. everyone's a child of god everyone is equal to the same privileges yeah. rights pursuits that i am but the problem with that, and it's the age-old human battle, is that people are going to make decisions that they don't agree with. Yeah. And I always put it with people when they're like, well, Lita, you know, you're not teaching your kids to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you teaching your kids to do what I do? Yeah. You know, so in my religion, we don't have sex until we're married. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, what do you mean? You know, like I can yeah. tell you so many funny stories. Yeah. People are like, how is that possible that you could yeah. not do that? And it goes back to what you were just saying. If you catch yourself 
having a certain thought, you need to question that, that thought. Yeah. And yet in all of these situations of othering, it's saying, give into your fear instead of stopping and analyzing the validity of a feeling. Yes. And I say this a lot in my speaking that we are the only animal that has been made that has the ability to reason. So we are not using our ability to reason. We are allowing ourselves to be an animal. Like the dog and the cat and the chicken and the frog, right? And, you know, they eat on instinct Mm -hmm. and they mate on instinct and they die by instinct. But we humans have the capacity to be starving to death and share a loaf of bread. Yeah. How can we give that up? And yet again and again throughout history, people think they're too evolved to fall into the same trap that has caught yeah. humans. So true. going back, because I, I just I just find these like such good, juicy conversations. And how does that relate? to today. So before we go into that, I think it would be helpful for you to just to kind of go into a little bit more of how the wall affected your family, your growing up, because the wall went down in what year? 1989. 1989. So how old were you? I would have been nine. I was nine I years have, old. I would have been about 19 if I just did the mm-hmm. math right. So, I mean, you know, I remember, yeah. you know, and I, I was nine. So something where a lot of people think that as a nine-year-old, you don't remember. But I remember the wall coming down. And, and we were on the west side. We were sitting in front of the TV. And I remember that, the, the, you know, because they were live streaming it. And it was such, a, such an event. I mean, we were sitting there watching the TV and, and cheering. And seeing then as soon as they started breaking down the wall, you know, the people from the east side going over and from the west side crawling not crawling but climbing over the wall and and it was a feeling of just I mean just relief just just you know it it's hard to explain it's something where just because I mean even as a nine-year-old I I knew how important this this event was and it's it's sad but that so many people forgot and I it's not the sad part is because I still have family my whole family lives in Germany the sad part is that even in Germany it seems to be that a lot of people forget I mean what I'm what I'm seeing right now what is happening over there in in Austria too like the two places where you would think they would never segregate anymore it 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 just it baffles me it's it's something that I don't understand yeah we're weird you know uh you know they they say that women forget what childbirth is like. And when I had my second child, um, my ninth pregnancy and we were, I was in labor with her for two and a half days because of my degenerative hip. So not a normal situation. And, you know, I got pregnant again (laughs) and I still had a degenerative hip. Yeah. And I remember just being like, now I remember it was bad. (laughs) (laughs) We forget. We forget. We forget. Pain. Yeah. We, we forget. forget pain. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, um, I was on bed rest for seven months in that pregnancy, yeah. and yeah. I had to be like, you know, it. It almost becomes certain choices. Um, you know, I wanted to be a mom so much. You know, you want mm-hmm. something so yeah. much yeah. that 
you will overlook something that, you know, is for your own benefit. And yeah. is that the, you know, the, the godly in us is yeah. that the, in, the elevated or is yeah. that stupid? And yeah. that's, I guess, an argument that you could make. Right. Yeah. And so how does that relate to everyday life? You know, what are the thoughts that, you know, once government gets in censoring us, yeah. I am going to, I will fight tooth and nail to defend yeah. someone who I don't agree with. Yeah. You know, like that would not be what I would choose for my life. I will fight to defend that. Yeah. And I would hope that they would fight for my right to teach my kids about Jesus. Right. Yeah. But we're at the same time that we're saying governments can never censor. We're saying, working with, we're saying you need to self-censor. Yeah. And that's an interesting, uh, you know, double-sided coin there. Right. Yeah. Well, but they, they are also already working already with big tech. And that's, oh. that's the problem that I'm seeing that right now, you know, the, the, the government right now is working with big tech on censoring certain things, on misinformation. Who, who and I'm says- starting to wonder if it's the government that's working with big tech or big tech that, for whatever reason, has taken that on for themselves. And is that the definition uh, the, of an oligarchy? The White House, the White House actually admitted oh. that they are working with big tech on yeah, you're right. stopping the, that the, in the a, spread of information. Yeah, of I did hear that with Jin Isaki. Yeah. I try to watch yeah. the actual press conferences. Yeah. Um, so, and then if I hear something that I'm like, what? Yeah. Then, you know, you can go look up the actual press yeah. conference and watch yeah. it. And then I'm like, hmm. Um, and I heard it said that, you know, like Trump kept stopping on rakes, you know, making it easier, yeah. you know, for them to, you know, he gave them such juicy, crazy sound bites. But it's interesting, the double standard mm-hmm. being I wasn't, um, I, I really go by the philosophy that your president shouldn't make you that happy or that sad. Yeah. You know, like, you know, they're, they live there. I live here, yeah. you know, um, but more and more you see how they affect our daily lives. But I, you know, just kind of being like, people were just like, I hate him. I just hate him. And I'm like, dude, like, why are you living with this kind of angst about someone who Mm -hmm. lives hundreds of miles away from you? If he bothers you that much, don't watch it. Yeah. (laughs) And and one of the things, again, I, I compare to, to history again, because what I've been seeing is I've been seeing in I don't know, this, this is something where, because I've been watching also the live press conferences from, you know, everyone, just because I'm trying to, to understand, stay right. informed. Yeah. And, but what I'm seeing, or what I've been seeing is literally how the media has been manipulating things and how yeah. they have been changing things to the point of, because that's one of the things too, you know, I'm, I'm an accountant too. So I'm a photographer and an accountant, but as an accountant, I can see how you can change data, not data, but how you can change and manipulate data. Exactly. Present the numbers and present certain things and, and like statistics and, and graphs, and you can change it around to make it, you know, look like how you want it to look like. So, right. Right. And, and that's one of the things I've been seeing all over where I'm, I'm looking at things and I'm like, wait, 
but the data, like if you look at the data, this is not correct, you know, and, and it's something that, that if you, if you see what the media has been doing and it's, I'm, again, you know, you, you always hear the, oh, it's, it's just one side or whatever. It's, it's full on, like both sides media. It yep. doesn't matter both which sides. side. Both, both sides, sides absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's propaganda. A lot of the stuff that yeah. they're doing is propaganda. It's, it's click, like it's hit pieces. It's clickbait. clickbait. Yeah. So that they, in the end, get, you know, the people to watch and they rile each other up and it makes people emotional about certain things which they probably would have never been emotional and that goes back to what you know what I was saying earlier too where I've been trying to get people to understand that if you're living in a state of fear and if you're living in a state of of just constant propaganda just constant you know hate and everything you end up hating certain certain people certain things that if you would take a step back again and and look really objectively, you might consider or you you might actually think something different. And that's right. one of the things I see was you know was friends in like in my circle too, where I'm I'm surprised because I know all of my friends are really good people. Every single yeah. one of them, they they want what's best for for themselves, but also for others. Well, it's so easy. And we see this in history, you know, that there's the villain and the hero. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, as long as we're talking about human beings, we're nuanced. We we, um, might do good things for a bad motive. Yes. Right. And we might do bad things with a good motive. Yeah. And then, you know, it's always funny that um, there's this one particular person that um, I'm related to. And whenever there's a conflict, they'll be like, well, I'm a good person. And I'm like, no one's questioning your overall value. Yeah. Right. Which I believe is eternally set. You know, yeah. I'm not attacking that or questioning that. I'm saying when you said I killed my child, we have a conflict. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, because my daughter um, died and we did release her and it was the most painful yeah. thing that has ever happened yeah. in my life. And they're acting like, you know, I purposely sought out wanting that to happen. And we've, we've, we've gone over it so many different times and they're like, but I'm a good person. And I think that when we think that we are a good person, therefore we're living in a villain and hero scenario of life, instead of seeing the nuance of human beings, that if you're good, then therefore others must be bad. And how do you know if you're really on the right side of something yeah. when you're othering other people? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. I'm- so you just can't be doing this whole entire, oh, you know, I'm good. So therefore they're bad. And if they're bad, then they, all of their motives were wrong and all of my motives were right when when we are allowing ourselves and let's just call it what it is propaganda from the right or the left or whatever um, we're allowing ourselves to be tools of other people. And we become the, the, the yelling mob, you know, saying take their heads of the French revolution. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you listened or have you read the, um, another, another, okay. Anatomy of malice. 
uh-uh. by Joel Dimsdale. Um, he's he actually has been. I've been listening to his audiobook, and he has been. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I say it correctly. Um, he has been looking into. Um, he's a psychologist and uh, or psychiatrist. One of those, yeah. One of those. Sorry, um, but he has he has been looking into basically what uh, happened during Nuremberg trial, and he specifically looked Nuremberg into trials, for, meaning the uh, assessment of guilt or innocence of uh, Nazis, and right. um, you know, in the killing of the Jewish people. And I I think it's important to note religious people, um, yes. people with different orientations, um, mentally you know handicapped people. Yeah. Um, but six million Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing. It's so he he was looking into it because everyone, you know, when when the Nuremberg trial happened, everyone was thinking about that. Oh, these people have to be psychopaths. These people have to be just, you know, in, in order to do these atrocities, they have to, you know, there has to be something majorly mentally wrong with them. And so he's been looking into it and from the sounds of it, and I haven't finished it all through, but, but it, it seems very interesting just the, the way he's, because all of the, the psychiatrists that, that, um, that were evaluating, you know, they were focusing on four specific Nazis, but all of the people that were evaluating these, these at that time prisoners realized that, no, they weren't. They, they didn't have the, the typical, like they were using the Rorschach test, for example, and they weren't using, like they, they, they weren't showing. Remind the typical, me what the Rorschach test is. I, the, it the ink familiar, blot, it's the ink blot. So where they, oh, right, where they right. you can look at a, you know, ink. And blot, you're supposed and then, to like, oh, that's a dragon. Oh, that's exactly, an octopus. Oh, exactly. that's a rain cloud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, but that's how they can. And it's supposed to connotate certain psychological. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, deviations by looking at them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it seems to, it seems, and, and again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. So I, I don't know if what is to it or not. I can't say that. It's just, it, it's to me, it's very interesting that they're looking at, um, you know, the, the Nazis that were in the end killed at the Nuremberg trial or executed, which, you know, it's deservingly or not is, you know, that's up to, again, everyone else. I, you know, but they were looking at them and they were, again, trying to figure out how, how a normal person otherwise could do this. Right. And that's, that's one of the things, again, it goes back to, you know, it's, I have so many people that are telling me, you know, oh, this would never happen. And oh, we would never segregate. Oh, we would never see anyone different or lesser or whatever. But what I've been seeing, especially in the almost last two years now, the, the way that, that this world has changed to the point where and, and that's one of the things in this in this book too. He's he's saying that basically every single one of us is has good and evil in themselves. Right. And it it's it's basically that if we 
if we don't watch ourselves, if we don't work on ourselves and focus on ourselves to, to see that, okay, do you don't want that evil coming through? And, and again, say, you know, good and right, or, you know, like right or bad or, or good and evil, it, it doesn't matter in the end. It's just basically if, if you don't look at yourself and realize that if you wish something ill onto someone else, no matter what your intentions are, no matter why you think this is How okay correct acceptable, you think you are. Yeah. Exactly. It's still at that point, as soon as you wish ill on someone else, it's still bad. It's, right. you know, like the, the, the moral principles. I mean, it doesn't matter if, you know, it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not, but you still have moral principles and we should live by them. Yeah, and- it's interesting that, you know, Jewish people were put, I, I watched a movie one time and this character in the movie was a Jewish young man that was not religious. Mm-hmm. But because he, simply because of the, you know, the heritage of his family, he now finds himself being swept up into the, the concentration camps. Yeah. And where this actually made him look at, if they're going to persecute me for being Jewish, then what does it mean to be Jewish? And he ended up becoming very religious um, because of being persecuted for this thing. And it made me think about, you know, um, there was this guy that I was dating and he was black and, um, I had failed to notice that there was still racism in, you know, that, um, in my family culture, you know, cause I, I had heard the overall words of, you know, we're, we're, we're all children of God. Yeah. But when it came to me dating someone who was black, they had to have some very serious conversations with me. And what ended up happening was we probably would have broken up as we eventually did because of some, some character things that weren't compatible between the two of us. But their resistance to our relationship made me be like, I'm not going to break up with someone because they're black. I mean, if if they just let us be, the relationship would have ended earlier. Yeah. Right? Would have ended of its own accord, or we would have gotten married because I wouldn't have it. it, I still just do not see what the issue with that would be. Yeah. You know, there are some people that, that, you know, think that my husband being more athletic than me is a problem in our marriage. And I'm like, uh, not for us maybe it is for him but he hasn't he hasn't let on (laughs) you know so whatever you know but there are always going to be people who have judgments and assessments and open their big poopy mouths and say stupid stuff because they're not they're not censoring in their own head enough that well if I say this thing it's rude yeah right but how often you know are people pushed to a certain ideology to a certain idea to a certain way of being because of extreme opposition on the other side, like me not breaking up with a boyfriend on a very low level to me, you know, to a a Jewish man deciding he needs to become religious. Yeah. Right. And they ended up creating the opposite of what they were hoping to create. Right. And I'm sure there were some Jewish people that like, you know, questioned God in all of that too. But, um, 
you know, when we sit there and get upset that someone's chosen not to get a vaccine, are we really opening up a dialogue with someone or vice versa, someone who has chosen to get the vaccine and whatever side of the coin we're upset on about, are we really helping to create a dialogue by othering people? Are we really helping to find middle ground of what it means to live in a society with, with different ideas? And, and I and just, the, the problem yeah. too that I see is that you can't even talk about your differences anymore. So that's one of the things I've been noticing too. So, so on social media, everyone is a, is a keyboard warrior. Everyone posts things on there where, you know, I, I sometimes look on, on what, what these people post and then I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I know you in person. I know you, you don't feel this way. Why are you posting this? Why are you saying this? And have you really looked at what you are saying in this post? Like, is that really, you know, I mean, I've, I've had, I've had horrible things where, where people posted horrible things and I'm sitting there and I'm like, like, I know you're not like this. Like what, what is going on that you have no problems posting this on social media. And I've been telling people that, you know, if, if you disagree with someone, if you have a different opinion, instead of trying to post it on Facebook or, or on Twitter or on, you know, whatever social media, if you, especially if you've known the person for a while, you know, a lot of us, we haven't changed, mm -hmm. at least not that I think, but why don't you sit down with them in person, talk to them in person, because you will realize that all of us have way more in common and what you're focusing on is something that if you really talk to them and, and try to understand their point of view, you'll realize really fast that they're, you know, maybe they're afraid. Like you're afraid of something and maybe they're afraid of something else. And, right. and it's, you just don't well, have anger that. is really just yes. loud fear. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and fear is a very easy emotion yes. to create in another human being. Uh, I'm a speaker and you know, there, there's a thing they call getting your audience in state. Yeah. And when your audience is a state in state in the um, speak to sell world, meaning I'm going to sell you a $10,000 package at the back end. Right. Yeah. Um, the better I get you in this fear of if you don't have the thing, you are much more likely to say yes to the thing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I don't see how I, I'm not that I don't make offers to an audience, like my book, my workshops. Um, I don't understand how I could ever use the gift I have as a speaker to knowingly put my audience in a place like that and feel good about that. And so I don't get it. It's not something I understand. At the same time, I have some speaker friends that are involved in the speak to sell world. And I'm like, okay, great. Provide value. You know, somebody wants to spend $10,000 on coaching. That's their thing, whatever. Fear to me seems like treating someone as less than. Exactly. And creating fear in someone because who knows what that person's capacity is going to be and what makes you think you're the gatekeeper. These are the, yeah. these are the, the censoring thoughts that I have. Yeah. And so I'm just going to be happily making less money because at the end of the day, I want to look in the mirror 
and I want to respect who I am. And it's interesting to me how society has gotten because of social media. Mm -hmm. And I think a few other more complicated things that it's becomes less and less about what I think about myself and more and more about how I perceive that you perceive me. And that's giving a lot of our own individual power away to someone else. And so you think about the Nazi guy Mm -hmm. and, you know, at first it was, um, you know, just making a living. And then, you know, he's seeing the neighbors not have enough food and he's offered a promotion and he's like, well, for me and my family, we're going to have enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could see how it kind of rolls into, and then one day you're sitting next to some crazy person who's shooting a Jew in the head and you're like, well, I don't want to be shot in the head. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it just, whew. Yeah. Um, Sam, you, that's, sorry. sorry. There was a movie called The Forgotten War and it was about up in um, Denmark, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a, a German soldier who goes against, he, he just, he saw some torture. He saw stuff yeah. like, I can't. And he was obviously just, a very empathetic person and uh you know he ends up dying because of that yeah well let's see and that's one of the things so when i grew up you know in in school we learned about the resistance against hitler uh, we learned about for example the white rose and sophie Scholl. and Clarify yeah. that for people who don't know who the White Roses. So, so it was a student group. group. Yeah, yeah, it was a student group um, and, and a professor. And what they started out was they, they saw what was going on and they started out printing pamphlets with poems originally. And then it started going more into they were trying to get people to wake up. And they, they actually have like trying to people to get wake up, like to wake up to the point of what is going on, that that all these atrocities are happening, that that people are losing their their rights, that people are, you know, um, so they were trying to get people to understand, to look around them. And um, they have that there's an archive for these pamphlets. And that's one of the things, too, if you read through them. There are so many parallels too, where I'm, you know, that I can connect again now to what is going on right now. Like, because again, it, it started the same way where people were segregated, where people were, you know, lesser than and, and us versus them and this whole mentality. And it's something where, you know, if, if we are not careful and if we keep going down that path and that's what they were trying to, to show, they were trying to, to, tell the Germans like, hey, wait a second, this is not okay, we shouldn't be doing this. And um, they, they got executed at the end. Yeah. Well, not even at the end, but they, they got captured and, and executed because of speaking. And they were 17, 18 year old kids. Yeah. yeah. And we just saw that same thing happen with, um, I mean, their children. Um, with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Yes. And I believed, I was like, wow, white supremacists, that's crazy. Whoa. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. I mean, we've had school shooters. Yeah. So then I'm like, um, you know, I listened to the trial yeah. and they could not find a single thing. There's nothing connecting him to white supremacy. In fact, yeah. one of the people he shot was the one 
calling, you, you know, running around saying the N word. Yeah. So they weren't there because they were so passionate about black lives matter. These rioters were there because they were, they were, the one guy was a pedophile. And I'm sorry, there's one yeah. group that I am not ever going to be sympathetic towards, Same with and, me. you know, and God help me for it is, um, I would be okay with chemical castration of pedophiles. Totally fine with it. But then you realize that it's about power and submission and not really about what anatomy someone has. But I, there, I, um, I'm okay with othering pedophiles and putting them behind bars the rest of their lives. Because anyway, Rosenbaum, one of the victims, I, one of the people who were shot, I don't want to say victim. I don't like that. Um, anyway, had anally raped it, raped five children. So this is not a nice person, but the, um, anyway, so I believed that Kyle must've been a white supremacist. And then I actually listened to the actual trial and it was interesting to see the two different sides of the story. One side being like, you know, oh, you know, so sympathetic to these people who were out there protesting for Black Lives Matter and this white supremacist other side to realize that, you know, neither, neither are totally true, you know, and to still see that story be, um, to be propagated because it fits, you know. You got to ask yourself who's, who's, who benefits by telling the story. Exactly. Who is benefiting by that? And how am I allowing myself to be manipulated by um, the, you know, I guess the gun lobby on one side, but at the same time, if you, you ask somebody to come and defend your business as he was asked to do 20 miles away from where he lived, I don't really see the problem there, but he's a kid and his whole entire life has been destroyed. Where is Kyle going to get a job? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I'm okay with, um, I'm saying that's, that's why I'm, yeah. that's why I'm at. I, I, I put the blame on, cause I've heard people too, like he shouldn't have been there and yeah, he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have felt the need to be there. Yeah. Um, but again, if it were my business to, and I yeah. knew somebody who had some, yeah. Gun training. Well, the, the problem was that the police was told to stand down. Right. And, you know, again, I, I was watching and yes, I call them riots. They're not peaceful protests. I'm um, sorry, but yeah, I watch I, the riots I, I'm with you. Night. Yeah. If, if things are burning yeah. and laws are being broken, smashing windows and stealing things, that is a riot. Yeah. And that, people are not willing to see that that was a riot makes me see very easily how you could see your neighbor shot in the street for being a Jew and you just kind of go about your business and buy bread. Yeah. What's that's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing again, the only difference is one you saw with your own eyes, but did they CGI all those cities burning? I mean, it's just like, and I, and I actually have friends that live in Minneapolis. I have friends that live in DC. I have friends that live in these different mm-hmm. cities. And I was like, is this really happening? And they're like, we can't leave our house. Yeah. yeah. But that's, but that's one of the things. And again, back then it started already too. You couldn't talk about it. You were censored wherever you tried to talk about it. Like if you, if you try to post about it on social media, you were censored. 
And yeah. that's that's one of the things that people don't don't understand that they are seeing only a certain viewpoint pushed nonstop. And that certain viewpoint is only allowed to be pushed on both and sides. Exactly. Both sides of exactly. This. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's it's something where again it goes back to if you can't talk about certain things and show both views, we've lost our freedom of speech. Yeah. And yeah. we've lost our way of reasoning. We've lost our way of, of being able to, because again, usually in order to make up an opinion on something, you have to see both sides. But if you, yeah. if one side is, is, you know, shut down, and you only see one side, and you're basing your opinion on that one side, how can you really say that it's your own opinion? Yep, yep. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, and again, that goes back to where I'm saying that it's propaganda, because if you mm-hmm. are really being pushed into believing a certain way, then, you know, and, and you can't make up your own opinion because you have only one, one viewpoint, then that is propaganda. And- right. And I go back to this concept of um, eternal truths that mm-hmm. I, that do not alter. And I'm not talking about religion though, though mine obviously are going to be yeah. uh, filtered by religion, but truths that I think every human being could live by and we could live kindly. Yeah. Right. That we could live cooperatively and live well together, you know, and, you know, the older I get, the, the more I add to this list. But, you know, one of those we've talked about today is, you know, the not othering. Yeah. Um, you know, being, thinking through my reactions, thinking through. And then, you know, I, um, when it comes to analyzing politics, I ask myself the question a lot. Who is benefiting if I believe this way or if I yes. believe this way? You yes. know, and at the end of the day, how does that affect my family, my yes. community, and that no man of an island or just some of the eternal truths that I have? And maybe someday I'll write them up in a book or something, but, um, you know, it's just old lady wisdom, right? <laughs> you know, I, or old people I, wisdom. I don't know. But I agree. when we're young, a lot of those things don't seem as important. You know, I used to think that you know, I could live in Alaska and do my life and run away from, you know, all the drama of the past <laughs> and, you know, and that that was going to work yeah. and that that was going to be something that I could, I could do, you know, just go be like a character from a Jack London book. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up <laughs> yes. and come to find out I had to actually go in and fix those things in my life. Yeah. And the the happiness that that brought me. And at the end of the day, every single human is trying to pursue their version of happiness. Yes. And there's sadly no way around this, but you have to be a person of integrity to be happy. And your life can be an utter poop snot show. And if you have integrity, you can be happy. Yes. And you can't imagine that that individual who got swept up in, in the, 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 you know, Nazi party was happy. And you can't imagine that somebody burning down a town is happy because of their, their 
their individual integrity. And so at the end of the day, if each of us, as idealistically as it sounds, keep analyzing what kind of integrity am I living with? Yeah. And if you do not find yourself a little bit uncomfortable every few days, you are not analyzing yourself. Yeah. You just have to recheck yourself and take responsibility for your own life and for your own happiness. Accountability That's, is like, exactly. It's like my, my word porn. I, I yeah. love, I love accountability and I do not live perfectly accountable. I mean, the most accountable person I know I married. I just That's, think Nathan green is, is the bomb. You know, he's amazing. He lives with such every word, every action lines up. And I just think I'm the luckiest girl in the world. And I don't live, I mean, I don't wake up as early as I should, which is a certain form of accountability, right? Because I've got things I got to do in the day or whatever. Yes. I mean, if I'm, if I'm out of bed cheerfully before 7.30 in the morning, and I shouldn't say cheerfully, if I'm out of bed, like actually doing something before 7.30, Nathan Green's like, well, and he's been up for at least an hour. He's like, well, look at you. And, you know, if I just did that every day, I'd get, I'd have so much more time. But anyway. I I think it's important that this conversation, and I feel like we could have it for a long time. And I hope that we provided some juicy thoughts for the listener because um, othering as much as I say, I hate pedophiles and we can all agree that the Nazi idea was bad. We have to be asking ourselves if we're valid and how are we contributing to the othering problem in our society? And always be making sure no matter how much we disagree with a certain idea that there's a big difference between tolerance of others, acceptance of others, love of others, and pushing forward an ideology Correct. or allowing an ideology to, to permeate our society. Correct. And I do think also that as soon as you push your own views onto someone other, like on someone else, um, else that's where things happen too yeah. it's something where I think we can all like I have no problems with anyone I I've never you know I've never felt like I had any problems with anyone it's when I do have a problem is when people will want to push their ideas their viewpoints right. onto me and that I have to follow and I don't I don't understand that because I would never, whatever I believe is my belief. And I would never push that onto others. Like there's no, no way I would ever want that people. If if we would all think the same or look the same or, or want the same or whatever, what boring world would this be? I mean, and you know, and that will never happen anyway, but yeah. And it would never happen. And, um, I believe is the big debate around God because people will say, why does God allow bad things to happen? Because the premise is wrong. They think that God made this earth for us to uh, do what it is that we want to, you know, have our idea of happiness, right? Where I believe that the, the question is answered in that this earth was created. And again, my whole premise, other people might disagree with, but I believe this earth was created for us to individually sort through all these answers and that there was a savior provided for when we messed up because 
hundred percent guarantee that we would all mess up. Right. So that's the answer. That's the, Oh, got it. Is this is meant to be a test. This is meant for us to figure out what we want to choose to become. And as a person who is not going to force my religious beliefs on other people, um, but have brought me a lot of peace and joy having these beliefs because it lets me give a lot more compassion and grace and understanding to people in their path, in their life and understanding that it's okay because God loves them too. He's going to help them. It's going to be fine. Just like he helped me. Right. Um, and I do believe that there's his wife up there, you know, so it's not just this, you know, it's a family. I believe in the, the, that all of that. Right. But that if God's not going to choose to force it, whenever we humans try to be God, that becomes a problem. Yeah. That becomes a trip up and how we're treating other people. And the answer becomes more and more just that we just need to put our feet in other, you know, people's shoes, walk a mile in there and try to just love them. And that is going to be the human challenge. Yes. Be kind, be good, be helpful. Right. And at the same time have boundaries. Yeah. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, it's been more than once that I'm really glad I'm self-employed because I get to say some things that, um, if people don't like it, then, you know, don't hire me to speak and don't mind my makeup. Right. (laughs) But not everybody has that level of autonomy or freedom. And, um, we need to, we need to have more conversations, not less with people. They're great in person conversations. That's the main thing I think. Well, I encourage you, you you get so different when you're, when you're just messaging or things like that. So I do believe in, in in-person sit down conversations the there's a quote that says the personal connection it's really hard to hate up close exactly and i think that is true until we're our society has gone crazy true because obviously people were hating people up close in the past yes um you know mao Zedong. you know um you know we could you know list off a lot of names and we are not so elevated as human beings the natural state of humanity is violence yeah Um, if you look averaging our history and I do, I do think as crazy as it sounds to the 45 year old me to hear the 48 year old me say, I think we are headed to a a place of violence. Yes. And, um, we need to have enough integrity not to be silent about our, our kindness. Exactly. And our choosing to stand with others, even if we disagree with them. Yeah. So I totally agree. Deep stuff, deep stuff. So as I like to, I, as I joke a lot, I said, it's Jesus or the zombies are coming next. And I got a plan for (laughs) one of them. And that would be Jesus zombies. I can't watch scary shows. I can watch three all day long, but I can't, uh, I can't watch Sometimes sometimes it feels like, I swear it, it seems to just melt into each other. Like that's why I'm at, I'm like, I can watch history. I, I, I've been studying history. But again, seeing how things repeat, I'm just like, um, okay, I'm not liking this. <laughs> this is getting a little too, too much uh, to, to, you know, yeah. too close to history that, yeah. So, so I, I would, I, I guess you and I would probably both issue the challenge to people to, if they're like, what are Heike and Lita talking about? Um, 
what's what's some good resources i i feel like um saving private ryan is a good movie to go and see um i've heard from people who've been at war that that is a realistic depiction the first little bit of what war is like um i think schindler's list um schindler was not a um a particularly good person in his private life you could say but he made some really great choices and saved other people. Raoul Wallenberg is another great yeah. character to look up who, um, you know, bought uh, Jewish people out of, um, but lesser known, which I kind of wonder why yeah. he's not as well known. But um, um, one of my other favorite um, resources is um, uh, The Hiding Place. Such a good book. Um, I don't think I've seen that. Uh, what's Corey Tinboom? Okay. She is one of my heroes. Um, she hid Jewish people, um, and she was de- her and her sister deeply, deeply, deeply religious people. Um, Corey Ten Boom, The Hiding Place. Um, so, can you think of some good books or movies that people should go and seek out? Um, Anne Frank. Yeah, <laughs> Anne Frank. <laughs> um, That's a great I, one to start kids on yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would also highly recommend looking up um, The White Rose, The Resistance yeah. of the White Rose, um, and just seeing, like, reading through the pamphlets through that. Um, I, like I said, the, the uh, book that I've just started on, The Anatomy of Malice, seems to be very interesting, too, that I would definitely recommend. Um, there, there's so much where I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, but um, I, you know, seeking out literature and ideas that challenge you to be a kinder person yes. is going to be a good guide versus Correct. literature or ideas that want you to hate someone else. Correct. That when, you know, when I, when I, I have this little thing that I call, you know, like the thought bubble or, you know, my little thought coming at me and mm-hmm. I analyze that thought, like, before I let it really take root in me, is this a valid thought towards my happiness, my purpose? Is this helping me to be more awesome or honor me? And that whenever I find myself being triggered by an emotion, asking myself if I'm going to feed that emotion. Yeah. You know, love, hate, jealousy, kindness, all of it. Ask myself, am I going to feed this or am I not? And happiness has less to do with the circumstances of our lives and more to do with the choices that we allow to feed and to grow and to propagate. And that literally affects our health, our cells. I mean, it's fascinating how it all works together. And so when I hear somebody say, well, I just can't help it. I want to be like, oh, so you're just a dog humping another dog. Yep. You know, yeah. what, what's the point of being human if you're not going to use that ability to reason? Correct. And it typically goes back to some kind of fear or shame. And yes. I believe that that is why Jesus Christ came is to help us get rid of that stuff. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, the, the Christian belief is not unique in having a redeeming God to help us get through that. We human beings need a redeeming idea. Yeah. So, okay, good Good stuff, Heike. I really appreciate you coming on. And I feel like we should have just talked even more just about your experience. So good, good stuff. So I encourage you to keep sharing it. But before we end, what 
is your fuel. So this might be something that you add in your life that really just kind of, you know, makes you tick. It may be a part of a daily affirmation, something that gives you strength. Um, that's a good question. Um, photography is probably what yeah. helps me. Um, I, I love doing photography. Um, I've always, so I specialize in women's portraiture and so empowering other women is huge for me. Um, just because I've been through some personal things myself and, um, been in very low places and so um what i've realized is every time i help others even like with photography or or anything else giving is usually something that is a big big thing Service for me and yes component and it's happiness. always something yeah. that um i i've i've always been someone that has given um anytime anywhere whatever if someone else needs something I've always given I've always given time money food whatever whatever and this is not an invitation for anyone to reach out to Heike and be (laughs) asking for these things yeah (laughs) let her choose who those people are yeah (laughs) yeah but it but it's always been because it always gives me it makes me feel better which yeah is it's you know, looking, looking at, I, I've looked at myself several times where I'm questioning, like, okay, what is my motive? And is it selfish? Because I'm, I feel better if I give others. And, you know, it's, it's this. that, that goes back to that good motive, yeah. bad motive, right? That is it really that bad if you're doing something good, even if it's just for a reason for your own mental health? Yeah. If it's, if it's a kind thing, then why is that bad? Yeah. Right. I see. Oh, mm. <laughs> juicy thoughts. Okay. <laughs> what is your auction and what is it that others may not see that is a part of everything you have become? One more time. Sorry. What is your oxygen? Oxygen. Um, I'm not sure. Honestly. Um, not othering. We'll just say that because you're, yes. you're into, yes. we've already Absolutely. discussed that and you got passionate loving, loving. about freedom. Yes, loving yeah. everyone is is definitely a passion. Um, not seeing people as different. I I want basically I want this world to to be a great, peaceful, happy world, and I want everyone to be happy without stepping onto others. And and my my thing is yeah, freedom definitely. Um, well, you know, communication because... communication with each other is key. Yes, exactly. And I I have this maybe naive hope that because we're so much more connected with somebody, you know, I have friends in Indonesia and I'm able to discuss how are things over there that, you know, the country of Indonesia can never become another thing to me Yeah, because I know people who live there. And, you know, I hope that because there's, there's many people like me that have friends from all over the world that our interconnectedness will work for us more then it seems to be working against us. Yes. And I do, I do believe that most people, the majority of the people are good people. And I, I do good people believe meaning trying to do good things in the world. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. That, that they, that they all want or that, that most of them really want peace, that most of them want just happiness and that 
like that's one of the things I last year I started asking people you know what 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 is what what do you want in your life and and most of them basically responded was happiness mm-hmm. and then when I asked how do you achieve happiness and it's you know or or how do you become happy how do you achieve happiness and and everyone was saying that basically it's they they became happy or it's 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 an mental state and you have to become yourself happy and it's not something given by someone else you have to do it yourself and that's what people need to we got to do an amen on that right happiness is not does not come from other people does not come from someone accepting you from someone perceiving you the way you want it is about how you perceive you yes and how you look in the mirror and feel good and i'm not talking about like from a vanity standpoint but literally you know, your integrity, how you choose to like you. And that's about what thoughts you choose to feed. I mean, exactly. You know, I wrote a book on this, so I'm a little passionate about that (laughs) as well called I'd embrace your inner hotness. Um, And if we all just keep working on ourselves and giving other people the freedom to work on them, but we push people into ideology, it's, you know, they, they dig in and keep dating that. Yeah. Right. So, um, oh, good, good conversations. Heike. I really appreciate you being on and thank you I for having me again, that there are thoughts that come to people. They're like, huh, how can I not from this far away place of, oh, the Nazis and, you know, vaccines yep. and white supremacy, you know, these kinds of ideas that seem further away from most of our daily lives that we can think about in our daily life. How can I make sure I'm rooting out the seeds that could germinate to hate and shame and fear? How can I be working on that? How can I be doing that? And the reward is you're going to live happier. Exactly. Right. Amen. 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 Yeah. My, my, I don't, I don't know if you're religious, but thanks for throwing out my words. Amen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I joke. I'm a Baptist Mormon. Cause you know how the, the Baptists or Pentecostals tend to be a little bit more verbal in church yeah. and be like, hallelujah. And amen. And sometimes <laughs> I just want to be like, amen. And then sometimes they're like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Be so. outspoken. That's for sure. <laughs> and maybe that's Nothing a good wrong. challenge to leave this yeah. with is up on our individual social media, um, I make a very conscious effort to put out things that are either entertaining, enlightening, or inspirational. And I put thought into what I'm going to put up. And if it's not one of those three things, then why should I think about it? And heavens, why would I share it? Yeah. You know, so I share some pretty controversial ideas you know, things about my God yeah. and people that are not of my faith like it. And it's because I'm sharing my why behind it. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, I may not agree with X, Y, and Z about this, but I can agree with the principle of trying to have that. Yeah. So, And I've been just trying to get people to understand that we, all of us are not that different no we're not it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you have certain views or if you think that one way um you want to get to a goal a different way it doesn't matter in the end we're not that different 
we're all human beings we're all um children of god like you were saying um and that yes we we should unite we should all find a common ground to unite and um because that's the only way forward in my opinion it's absolutely that's, that's Well, I think we'll just end that with an amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for being my guest on this episode of Share Your Hotness. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.